Welcome to Teaching Channel Talks. As often as I can, I speak with expert educators about how to best address the most challenging issues in education. This episode is an excerpt from a recent webinar called School Year Success, Strategies to Instill Positive Behavior in the Classroom. It is my pleasure to welcome you all. We are here to boost your school year success. We want strategies to instill positive behavior. And I've got just the right teammates here today to do this with me. Shannon Rice and Keely Keller are my subject matter experts. And as they introduce themselves, you'll understand why today we'll offer a good discussion. Shannon, welcome. Please introduce yourself. Thank you very much, Wendy. So my name is Shannon Rice, and I'm a special educator from upstate New York. I'm entering year 18 in that field, and I have worked with students of all grades from kindergarten through grade 12 over my years. And in particular, positive behavior has been something that is a particular passion for me because I have firsthand seen the tremendous impact it has made within my own classroom when I spend and invest that time up front in instruction, because it has paid me tremendous dividends down the road and the amount of time I gain back in the actual time learning of the content in my classroom. It has paid me so much back, and I'm really excited to be able to share that today. Shannon, thank you. Keely, welcome. Well, yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Wendy. My name is Keely Keller. I'm the Director of Professional Programs at Learner's Edge. I've been with Learner's Edge, I think almost seven years now. And prior to that, I was a special education teacher and a special education coordinator. I've also served as a behavior specialist for a nonprofit in the Minneapolis area, working with people with disabilities um, and mental health concerns. So lots of behavior experience. At one point I I, um, ran a program um, as a coordinator for setting four, it was a setting four program. So students had mental health conditions, but also behavioral at the same time. And so I just have quite a bit of experience with uh, behavior um, throughout my career, which actually started in teaching in 1997. (laughs) Um, Behavior for me is really, it's it's all about the kind of the challenge um, of it or the puzzle of it and trying to get to the function of behavior and exactly what's going on to to help the student gain the skills that they need to, to do better. Um, and to learn more both behaviorally and academically. Um, An early lesson learned when you did ask us for that, early lesson learned, I really have to say have empathy. Many of the students who are struggling with behavior um, or need additional support have experienced trauma. Um, Many have neurological differences. Um, Some have significant mental health um, concerns or issues. And so I think the biggest thing just to remember is that all of these students, even when they're displaying behavior, are human and have may have a lot of um, situational things that come along with that. But I'm happy to be here to talk more about it. Thank you, Keely. My name is Wendy Amato. I'm the Chief Academic Officer for Learner's Edge. And if you've spent any time with me over the past two years in podcasts or webinars, you know that I'm grateful for the opportunity to facilitate conversations that support educators. So I'm pleased to be here. I bring 31 years of experience, which rounds out, I think we're near a total of 75 years of education experience on the screen to to keep us moving forward. All right, Shannon and Keely, let's jump right in with some clarification. We are 
freeing ourselves a little bit from some language where people talk about good behavior and bad behavior. And so, um, what what are we talking about when we say behavior? Yeah. So really, when when behavior is discussed, oftentimes it's negative behavior, inappropriate behavior. Um, but we want you to shift your thinking a little bit in that behavior is really purposeful. Um, for example, you chose to sign up for this webinar for a reason. You had a purpose behind the behavior of signing up. Um, communication, behavior is also communication. And so students are often trying to communicate to an adult or to a peer or someone else what they need. Um, they also might be using behavior because they don't know how to communicate what they need or they don't even know what they need. So behavior is communication and behavior is teachable. Um, and what we mean by that is it, it can follow this, a similar process as the instruction that you do with academics. Um, Shannon, anything to add there? I think one of the most important things that we have to think about, and it really piggybacks with this idea of communication and teachable, is that behavior is all about context for our students. One thing that we think about in terms of behavior that is appropriate for a situation is that for example, it's appropriate to yell and to scream at a sporting event when we're cheering for our favorite team, but maybe that behavior is not so appropriate when we're in the hallway or we're in the classroom. So sometimes we just have to teach context for our students. It's not necessarily about whether a behavior is good or appropriate or inappropriate. It's about context. And we have to teach those things to our students in order for them to know what's appropriate in a situation. And that's the type of thing we have to be thinking about and be intentional with our instruction. We know there's some things about classroom management and working with students that are uh, fundamental. And Keely and Shannon, I believe that as the, as the teacher, you are the key. Keely, what might you want us to focus on here? I think the big piece here is that it's important to never stop learning about behavior. Like I said, um, behavior is typically a challenge. And so the more you learn about behavior, whether it be through trainings and workshops or courses or reading um, a journal or an ebook, um, or even asking for specific feedback during coaching or evaluation around behavior classroom management, you can always keep learning about behavior. And as you do that, you're going to have more opportunities or more maybe potential solutions for the behaviors that you're working through with the students. And so um, for me, it's really all about the training that you, you may need to garter for yourself um, or research that you need to do, whether that be action research with a research-based strategy or research on just finding different resources. And then the, the, the experience you will gain as you work through things, because what you'll find is that some things work for some kids and other things work for other kids. And it doesn't seem to ever be quite the same. <laughs> Shannon, if you were with me watching some of the contributions in the chat, we're seeing a lot of words that we will be exploring or concepts that we'll be exploring. Communication, specific programs, being clear, planning and planning. Someone said, even uh, Julianne, I don't know you, but thank you. You mentioned a few Learner's Edge courses that you've taken that have helped you in uh, being an effective teacher. Uh, so there's a lot here. Shannon, anything to add here? 
I'm seeing so many of those same key pieces that I that I see coming up for us. And one of the pieces I see continuing to come up is that idea of experience and connectivity with others. So that really is making my heart happy here. Can I just add on to that, Wendy? Of course. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. I think one thing to remember, you know, behavior is one of the most challenging things that teachers kind of go through as they're getting their classes together or working through the year or whatever it might be, it's hard. And so you have to remember that the experience and the training that you're getting, it takes time and it takes your patience. Um, changing behavior takes patience. Learning about behavior takes patience. It takes experience over time and reflection on those experience. And it definitely takes perseverance. Um, but the important thing to know, as Shannon kind of mentioned, is that you're likely not going to change behavior or be successful in supporting behavior by yourself. Um, so it's very important that you collaborate with the people um, on the teams around you and support each other when things get challenging, because they will. Um, and then, of course, celebrate when things go well, even the little wins. Love it. All right. Uh, you each wanted to emphasize proactivity. Tell me about it. Well, I looked up the definition just so that we could have kind of a level set. Um, and it said acting in anticipation of future problems, needs, or changes. Um, so obviously the opposite would be reactive. Um, and then examples of proactive behavior management might include things like creation of a visual schedule for a student that you know will need it before the first day of school, or teaching expected behaviors at the beginning of the school year, or maybe even prepping a break station for your students that may need that. Um, Non-examples would be choosing a consequence after a student shows a challenging behavior. Um, so I think proactivity is imperative when it comes to classroom management and behavior and being successful. Um, and it is all about planning. I think I saw somebody in the chat saying, planning, planning, planning. <laughs> Shannon, one of your chapters in the new teacher's guide to overcoming common challenges emphasizes uh, having a plan. Absolutely. And I think one of the places that we can do ourselves the most good as educators is to really take that time to have a plan and really think through all of the routines and procedures that we would like our students to engage in throughout the beginning of the year and have a plan of how we will teach them. Those aren't things our students come knowing how to do. We actually have to go through and teach those routines and procedures. And if we're going to teach them, we have to plan how we will do that. And that time invested in planning, that proactivity is what's really going to pay us dividends down the line. That's what's going to gain us the time later on where we can spend that time actually doing the hardcore instruction that we really want to get to. That's that time invested in the beginning that will gain us time later. That's where this proactivity comes in. Sometimes we hear the phrase build capacity, build capacity, and taking the time at the beginning of the year to share a process builds a capacity for learning and focusing on the academic items that are ahead of us. Well, absolutely. I want to I want to emphasize some of the benefits of being proactive because this is not just to make our lives easier as teachers. 
this is not it's not about us at all actually it's it's about right. students and student learning so let's talk about proactivity and um shannon talk to me I, I know the ultimate goal is academic what do you want us to think about on the classroom side so on your classroom side if we really sit and think about what are all of the different routines and procedures that as a classroom teacher you would go through everything from how do your students enter the classroom how do they gain materials how do they complete a task? How do they work within a group, whether it's a whole group setting, a small group setting? How do students share that they have concerns or questions? What do students do when they are struggling? How do they approach that? How do students leave the room? All of those things, and those are just a few of the many, many routines and procedures that students would go through. You have to stop and think, how would I teach that? What does it look like? What does it sound like? How does it function? And actually take the time to plan, how am I going to teach this to students? And it's different than a set of classroom rules, but by taking the time to really plan that out and actually chart that material, you end up with a lesson plan for each of those things. And ultimately, once you've taught those materials, you have a set of consistent routines and expectations for students that result in a smooth running classroom where you're able to focus on what does this hardcore instruction, that academic routine that you need to ultimately get through and do so we can have these learners that we're supposed to be educating have a safe environment with reduced disruption, really able to move through their content and become these fabulous young humans that we're supposed to be educating. So spending that time really thinking through what are those routines and procedures, and that's a little different. That's not a set of classroom rules, but think about what are those routines, and that's that piece, and really setting up your classroom to be successful and making a very, very long list of how everything functions. Keely, let's move from the classroom to think about the human beings that are spending the days with us. Absolutely. So one of the benefits to students of being proactive with factor management or teaching of behaviors is the fact that you, if you take care of that and they know and understand the routines and procedures, they've had an opportunity to practice them and do them successfully, um, it decreases their cognitive load. So when they come into the classroom, they already know what they need to do and it becomes just kind of a rote thing. They don't have to think about it. But then when they sit down to, to receive the instruction or to work through guided practice or whatever it might be, they have more brain power to focus on that. Um, so that's one of the first things that I think about as far as a benefit to students. And the other thing that, that really comes up is positive behavior is a life skill. It, you know, we have to have good behavior to hold down a job, to maintain relationships, um, to participate in the community, to avoid the legal system. Um, and so there are lots of benefits to teaching this life skill of, you know, what does behavior look like? What does it sound like in certain scenarios or in certain situations? And then I really, you know, Shannon and I'll talk a lot about getting to know the student here in a minute, but um, there's an opportunity to focus on students' strengths when we're talking about behavior or even any skill gap. Um, students have specific strengths. They have specific interest and sometimes using those can help mitigate the weaknesses that the student has. So if we can teach them how to use their strengths, they can mitigate their own challenges. Um, so that leads to increased confidence, increased independence, increased self-determination, 
Um, so all of those things that, you know, we really want students to leave school with. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Shannon and Keely and I talked about all kinds of things that you can find down in the show notes or at teachingchannel.com slash podcast. Leave me a rating and review on whatever podcast listening app you use. It will help more educators to find us. See you soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.